Hey, what's cooking, Colliders? Here we are once again, another Sunday get-together to talk about AEW Collision. I'm doing a review, actually. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. Thank you for being here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on your favorite podcast application where my voice resonates throughout uh, your earbuds right now. Uh, it is uh, July 30th. We are going to be ch talking about the dynamite that aired yesterday. The Excuse me, the collision. Oh, that's blasphemy around these collider parts, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about the, the, the collision that took place on July 29. Uh, thank you for being here. You know the routine. On YouTube, like, subscribe. And on uh, the, uh, the audio apps, it's uh, reviews and ratings and all that stuff. Look, anything you can do to help spur a little growth here would be tremendously appreciated but uh i want to get on with this because there's stuff happening on this show that i feel we need to have an adult conversation about we need we need to talk about this amongst grown-ups okay if you're re if you're ready for an adult conversation stick around if not uh you know go find other places that uh, will tell you you know CM Punk stinks or the elite stinks. You know, there there's there's more than there's more than enough places that do that. But as for us right now, the Hartford, Connecticut edition of AEW Collision at the XL Center, as I mentioned, that uh, took place on uh July 29, uh 4,763 tickets distributed, set up of 5,335. Um yeah, there were tickets that moved when the main event was announced, so that's very good. Uh, they had a very good. They, they had a, uh, they had a so-so attendance last week, if my memory uh, if my memory serves me correctly. But it turns out that uh, the ratings was very good. Again, I'm not too comfortable talking about ratings just yet. I feel we don't like more in depth. Uh, I don't feel we have enough data just yet to support all of that. Uh, but uh, the um, but the overall, nonetheless, the rating that they scored last week, at least the overall uh, um, total viewership rating, uh, was their second biggest uh, within the seven weeks of existence of AEW Collision. So that was a big deal, which just matters to be pointed out. Now, is that going to be good or bad in the long run? We'll give it a few more weeks. You know, look. I, besides, I'm not the guy. I, I keep saying in depth. I'm not the guy that goes the most in depth. And I don't talk about ratings every week or, uh, you know, on any of my shows and, you know, but when it is pertinent to speak on them, especially when people start getting all doom and gloom, uh, it's good to have the amount to, to have a, a substantial amount of, of data to do comparisons and analysis and medians and averages and the like before you come out and say, hey, this number stinks. You know, or this number is great or it's failing or it's not. We need more data. It's just as simple as that, you know. So I, when I so when I say I want to go in depth, it's not like I do it every week. I will do it once on occasion when the situation warrants it, just like it warrants to be mentioned that this week's uh, last week's collision had a very, very good uh, rating number. So that's very good news. And overall, like, you know, this collision show. It was a very good professional wrestling show. I have no qualms with, with the Saturday Night Show. Like, I thought last week was middling. I didn't think it was very good. It was a big old nothing burger. This week, oh, there was there was a lot of stuff in this burger. Show started off with the ladder match between Andrade Alidolo and Buddy Matthews for Andrade's mask. Even though I think the build to this was a little silly. 
talked about this over the past few weeks. The payoff, and despite the fact that I am sick of ladder matches in general, that I cannot stomach them anymore, despite all of these, you know, miniature-sized reservations that I have, I nonetheless thought this ruled. And I'm gonna tell and I'm gonna tell you why this ladder match ruled specifically. It's because they didn't spend the entirety of the match going from ladder to ladder to try and pull off some spots. It, it was a wrestling match that included ladders. The ladders were not the main attraction here. The main attraction, as it should be, was the wrestling were the wrestlers. Was the wrestling, the attraction, was the wrestling, was the wrestlers. Um, but it felt, you know, it, 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 it felt like a good old school ladder match before everyone started doing them every week. And this is my, this is why I'm bothered, right? It's because everyone does ladder matches now all over the place and everyone just do, does spots, you know? So, you know, they, they, they built to things and, 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 and it felt solid. It felt like a good fight, a good ladder match fight. As opposed to a spot fest, and I have nothing wrong against spot fests. It's just ladder matches have a tendency to bring out the worst in a lot of wrestlers, you know, or a tinker toy match where they're you know creating wacky structures to leap off, leap off of, and you know, I I I can't stand that stuff. That's what I hate about ladder matches. If all ladder matches were like this one, I'd probably be a lot softer on it. You know, but we we could still have a break for a few, for eighteen months or so. Just get you know, make us miss the ladder match a little more. Um, but look, this was brutal. This was extremely physical. Both guys, you know, they, look, they have great chemistry together. They obviously work really well, Buddy Matthews and uh, and Andrade. Like they work really really well with each other. So this wasn't going to be a hit regardless. Um, and I loved. See, See, here's the good example of what I, what, uh, what made me really dig this ladder match. They had this one ladder spot, right, where they have the transversal uh, ladder set up between the the uh, atop the apron and, and commentary, right? And they tease this the, this this bump on the ladder, right? They're fighting on the apron and they're teasing it, and they teased it for a for a while before Andrade hit a spear on Buddy Murphy and he collapsed onto the ladder. Now, when that finally hit, the crowd went nuts and they weren't jumping off of another ladder onto another ladder, springboarding off and then doing a 450 centon. They just built the spot. They built the anticipation for the spot and it worked and the spot was great and it looked violent on top of that. Everything was hard hitting here, plus everything made sense. Ultimately, that's all I want in a professional wrestling match. And if you can do that with while there's wire, well, not wires, but uh, ladders, that's fantastic. Now, I do have one quibble. <laughs> if I'm to quibble upon one thing, it's the handcuffs shit, which is exactly what it was, shit. I don't think it added anything really, especially since Andrade immediately got out of the... Uh, immediately got out of the handcuffs in the most Looney Tunes way possible. You know, we're, we're Julia Hart, you know, it's, you know, where Andrade boots, you know, Buddy Murphy in the face and, and he falls off and Julia Hart, who has the keys, goes, ah! And she throws the, ah! 
And she throws the, <laughs> the keys up in the air and they land right next to him and then he, he frees himself. Like, and yes, the bolt cutters and the Julia spot. And it's, you know, I get it. I get it. I just think that they were unnecessary. And I think it was a little, uh, a little dumb, but a great match nonetheless. I, I really liked it. Not sure about the finish, but I like I liked the match overall. Just a, a couple quibbles. It's one or two quibbles. Look, I am going to go ahead here and say this is probably my overall favorite ladder match of the year. Like, I don't think... I'm trying to think back of any other ladder matches I've seen, and I can't think... None of them really stick into my brain. None of them go... And yes, I know, you know, there was the Ring of Honor one with, uh, you know, Dante Martin. And I, I prefer to forget that, you know, and, and NXT has its bunch of ladder matches. Like everyone does ladder matches, right? But this one, this one stuck with me and it's going to stick with me. I thought this rule, this was great. Backstage, Miro is uh, chatting it up with uh, Tony Scavone, who's asking him about what's this big battle you're talking about coming up? Is it a kaiju big battle? He didn't say that. But uh, Miro gets blindsided by Aaron Solo, and this has officially become the worst timeline possible, unless it's just a one-off thing. But God forbid if we are entering a world where Miro versus QTV is going to be a thing, and God forbid we enter an environment where the payoff to this will be Miro versus John Morrison, I could not give any more cares. I can I could I could not care less. We were doing so well with Miro. Now, if this is just a one-off to sort of set up a squash for next week against uh young Aaron Solo, good, fine. Let's do it and move on. However, if this is to stretch things out a little more, if this is because why would Aaron Solo do this and the, and then you know not have his QTV cohorts around him and then running nonsense at I how is this any better than what Miro was doing on Dynamite? How is it like, if this is the situation, I might be anticipating too much, but I am not into this right now, straight out the gate. You know, keep your, keep your QTV with the lower mid carters, but this instantly makes Miro feel less important because he's with, the comedy jog guys, and I'm not into it. Darby Allen hits the ring. He made an open challenge. He just wants a fight. He doesn't care who he draw. He rattled off a list of names earlier in the evening, the opening promos to Collision. Rattled off Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, Swerve, Air Fox. He says, I don't care who comes out. I just want to fight. Well, to his surprise, look, to everyone's surprise, Minoru Suzuki came to the ring. And, uh, frankly, I was... I was shocked. I don't think anyone was expecting that. Good little, good little shocker here. Starts off with Darby Allen drilling his body into Minoru Suzuki on the floor with a dive. It's fantastic. There's a chop fight between them both as Suzuki brutalizes Darby. Darby avoids the gotch pile driver and he goes for the coffin drop, but Suzuki, Suzuki catches him in a rear choke. So what does Darby do? He flips over, still in the choke. Secures Suzuki's shoulders on the mat. Gets the one, two, three. Smart wrestling by Darby Allen. I like this match a lot. Wasn't too long. Under 10 minutes. Did everything it needed to do. It, you know, Minoru Suzuki. Look, a great surprise. 
and we'll probably just leave it there. There won't, I don't think there'll be necessarily a follow-up to this. Minoru Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki in North America, this is what he does. He comes in, gets a big reaction from the audience because people love him. And he's up against the guy that he has to put over and he puts him over. You know, he, he took the time to beat the shit out of Darby and it was fun. It was a good, fun little match. No surprise on the outcome. Hard hitting. Darby did Darby shit. I don't know. Like, it hit everything, right? Everything was okay here. I enjoyed this a lot. Good match. Samoa Joe defeated Gravity in a squash match. Guess the highlight here was Joe doing the gravity, uh, the, the, the gravity, low gravity walk during the nope. I enjoyed that. Anyway, good good little squash for Joe. I think we got I think we squeezed everything we could out of gravity for now. Let's see him back in a couple of years. I know a lot of people are very excited about him. Um I think he's I think he's fine, you know? And he comes from, you know, look, his lineage speaks for itself, right? He's Bandito's kid brother. Um you know, he'll probably improve and come back and he'll blow our socks off. But right now, I'm, I think he's, I think he's a fine uh, wrestler. He's a good little lucha guy. But, you know, I'm not blown away by him. You know, I'm not sitting here going, uh, you know, he's, you know, there's a lot of people I feel that are, you know, up, on, you know, I'm going crazy and, 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 you know, likening him to, Vikingo or Commander or even like uh, Gringo Loco, you know, it's like we could we can pump the brakes a little. Like sometimes it, the kid the kid is legitimately still a kid, you know. We sometimes we can pump the brakes a little bit instead of you know slathering on the superlatives too much. We can pump the brakes a little bit and say, okay, listen, we'll let this guy uh, we'll let this guy flesh out a little more, and then when it's really time, when he's really blowing us away. Then we won't feel stupid, or we'll, we'll, or we won't feel like we've already tread this ground. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing worse when you feel like your starts when you. There's nothing worse when you feel like you're saying the same thing over and over and over again. So the day that he does get brilliant and unabashedly awesome, because that I think I think he has the tools to do it. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people right now who are saying those things that are going to be saying it maybe like in three, four, five years. And they're going to feel like they're saying this. Oh, well, I knew he was already great. Yeah, but now he's really great. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying there's work to do. I'm calling it as it is right now and he's got so much development ahead of him. So, uh, okay. Are you ready for some big boy, big uh, girl, big person conversations? Let's uh, let's put the kids at the kids' table, and the rest of us can sit together and talk. Uh, CM Punk comes to the ring. He is uh, he he is uh, he is in the ring with Tony Schiavone, who is there to interview him, and he comes in with his "I am a Collision" guy tee on. I st the how dopey is it? How dopey is it to be doing this? You know, because. To be drawing these lines. But listen, I will say, regardless of how dopey it is, okay? Regardless of how infinitely 
juvenile and and uh, 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 parasocial it is to be picking a side here between dynamite and collision just based on, you know, sh- stuff happening. Despite all of that, AEW has nonetheless succeeded in doing in seven weeks what WWE has tried to do for decades in trying to get you to care more about one brand than the other. Trying to make you feel like you should you you should be latched onto one brand or the other. And I say brands. They're all shows. Not brands here, but you know what I mean. I'm using WWE speak just to make sure we all understand each other. Mixed reaction when CM Punk uh, hits the ring. He says the past few weeks have been rotten for travel. But, and I quote, I always make my towns and I show up for the people in the building. Ah, good guy, Phil. There's a lot going on in AEW, he says, and there's a lot going on on Collision that nobody wants to wants to talk about, like Wembley. Will he be going to, I mean, he's not wrong, and this is not going to be the place where we're going to be discussing it. Uh, four weeks out to the biggest show in the history of, of, of um, AEW, and in all likelihood, one of the biggest uh, wrestling shows, like gate-wise, attendance-wise, in pro wrestling history is about to happen and there are no matches announced. Um, it is a little weird, but this is not the place we're going to discuss it. Tune in to the Mr. Warren Hayes show this Tuesday. I'm sure I'll squeeze in a, a minute or two to chit chat about it. Um, I feel like I have a level take on it all. I feel like I do, but we'll see. <laughs> you will be the judge of that. So make sure you subscribe and be there on Tuesday. There's so, uh, you know, so he's saying, am I going to be on the show? I don't know. On this, on the Wembley show? I don't know. Then he quickly addresses the bag and Ricky Starks because he is carrying his big red bag. He is not Santa Claus. He's not handing out gifts. He's got gifts for himself. He says Ricky Starks beat him twice, but he's disappointed because Ricky decided to do it uh, because Ricky cheated to do it. Excuse me. Then he starts to open the bag. He starts talking about, you know, being left with the bag and that makes him responsible and the thing about responsibility is that it sucks sometimes and you got to wake up and do things you don't want to do because you're the adult in the room let's go through this we'll talk don't worry we'll get there and of course from out of the bag to the shock of no one was the AEW World Heavyweight Championship he hoists it and he says he hasn't been pinned or submitted for it since he won it off Mox last year. And he pulls out a can of spray paint and he paints an X on it saying the X is his symbol. It's been his symbol since 1990 something. Uh, it stands for straight edge. He's straight edge and therefore he is better than you. Ricky Starks comes down, cuts a great promo. Does the comes out and then does the entrance again, you know? But he cuts a great promo. You know, throughout all of this, we cannot deny that Ricky Starks uh, had a fantastic little little segment here with Punk. He insists that he deserves a shot. He deserves a shot because every time Punk says, "Oh, do you want to?" Sh- oh, so you want a shot? And Ricky responds very passionately, "No, no, no! I deserve a shot. I beat you twice." 
They argue about the legitimacy of Ricky's win. Ricky says, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder could have been the ref and he would have still beaten Punk. Then Punk says they're going to need a special guest referee for this one if they want to fight again. Ricky accepts and it's revealed that the special guest referee is Ricky the Dragon's steamboat. Trustworthy, unflappable, honest Ricky the Dragon's steamboat. And that's the gist of it. Very good promo segment, by the way. Great stuff by Phil. Great stuff by Ricky. Now, I... I, I am aware right now that there is a, 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 a substantial amount of discourse going around this promo that, that CM Punk is taking passive-aggressive shots once again. Passive-aggressive shots at, oh, pick your poison, the elite, the bucks. You know, you can go as specific as you like here. It is specifically, we're referring to the uh, adults in the room line which was one that has circulated quite a bit, you know, in all this coverage of the brawl-out situation. The gripe bomb, as I also like to call it. Uh, Shout-out Suit Williams. What what he might, though, with, you know, he might... Here's the thing. CM Punk absolutely might be taking shots right now. He absolutely might. There's precedent for him doing this kind of stuff. Plus, CM Punk is the king of meta in promos. Like, he's the absolute, you know, emperor of it all. He's been doing this before it was cool. So, you know, whereas I see it as maybe it's a shot, maybe it's just a reference, a lot of people are getting really fired up about it. And I absolutely do not see the big deal. I don't see the big deal about him going adults in the room. Look, at this point, at this point, if you are even remotely aware, if you have been following the CM Punk Elite ordeal since September 2022, it's wild to think we're going on a year of this, but if you've been following all of this, you know this adults in the room bullshit has been stuff that's been going around. And you know that he's referring at the very least to everything that's happened as opposed to some very specific people. And of all the things to get worked up about in a CM Punk promo, I think this is the most soft, inoffensive, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge reference as opposed to this the Hangman Page thing he did in the ring where Hangman Page could not come out to defend himself or the stuff that he said about Page in the Sports Illustrated interview or those Instagram posts. Like, let's be real here. Let's be honest right now with ourselves. If this is meant to be a shot, quote unquote, if this is meant to be passive aggressive, uh, it is tame as hell and Punk can do worse. He can do way worse. He has done way worse. And again, there is precedent for this. So if this is indeed a shot across the bow, as they say, it's a limp one. It's not a cannonball that he threw across. It was like a 
you know, a ball of dirty laundry. Who cares? But people are losing their shit over this. Because of course, we've all got our parasocial relationships all set up with the elite and CM Punk and you can't, you can't like one thing because the other guys are in the thing, right? You, you just can't. Everyone is pouring over this, this promo like it's, like it's a confirmation that things, uh, 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 that, uh, that things are still, you know, uh, uh, um, um, are, are still bad, that there's still bad blood, right? When we know things haven't been worked out yet, there's still outstanding issues. We know about this. That's why there is a collision show and a dynamite show and why CM Punk is exiled to one. Why CM Punk shows up on Dynamite when the Elite are not around, or at the very least, the Bucks. And I think I think the problem is Dave, I think Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller today, and I haven't rabbit holed this too much because honestly, honestly, I think, I think, I think there's a lot of over-exaggeration here. I really do. And I think these guys were were talking about it. Uh respectively they're on their side and you know you know Dave and Wade are connected to people and they're talking to people who are plugged into the situation and they, they said they were talking about oh there's still whispers going around you know there may be this coming up and not you know all this great business for AEW coming up but there's still whispers about CM Punk still whispers about the elite look the whispers have been going around for months how is anyone how is this Breaking anyone's brain right now. The whispers have been going on for months. You can go back and form in, in previous newsletters of the Observer and Wrestling Observer Radio, and you will hear Dave Meltzer. You will see Dave Meltzer talk about whispers using that word. There's whispers going on, and as vague as it is, meaning just to make sure we're clear, meaning that. Oh, well, you know, there's still things, the camps are still talking about each other and there's still things that are unsettled. We know this. And it's going to, and it's going to stay as whispers and CM Punk is going to continue doing exactly what he's doing. Taking advantage of the silence from the other guys, from the elite side, to continue to push his version of things. Dropping little nuggets like this on TV and letting the punk camp slide into into reporters DMs and just drop some information. Hey, did you know this? Talk to media. This is just how it goes. This has been like this is just a continuation. This is just a continuation of what's been going on for months. I don't know why anyone is losing their shit over this. Who cares at this point? It's just. We, we should just all be rolling with it. And we're like, yeah, all right. Instead of trying to trying to pick apart every single word he says. You know, and because look, maybe there's still NDAs right now. Maybe there's still, you know, we know lawyers have been involved in multiple levels of this entire story, right? Right down to CM Punk being, you know, served some, some papers right before collision, right? We know there's been all of this, right? I've talked about this. I'm not rehashing all of that. But the legal aspect has been very clear. There's probably people not talking about it because of because of the the, the legal situation. And you know, probably the, the you know, right now, the new TV deal is making people clam the hell up a lot more. Or maybe, you know, people 
people just don't want to talk about it. Maybe that's also a possibility. Maybe maybe there's people in this situation who just don't want to talk about the damn thing because they're fucking fed up about it. And that's absolutely possible. But you know what I thought about all, when I'm thinking about what I what I thought about when I heard this promo? Do you know? Do you want to know what my take is? Do you want to know what I gleaned from this CM Punk promo? Do you want to know what I got from it? Here's my take. This was a great heel promo. Remember, CM Punk wants to be a heel. He wants to be the bad guy. And creative is pushing him to still do the babyface thing because they're still a little insecure. They want to get big numbers for the collision show. They want people to buy tickets. You know, they, they feel like a babyface CM Punk is a better draw. They're probably not wrong. But he wants to be a heel. And we have it here. Look, he pulls the title out. Calls himself the real world's champion. And what have I been telling you for weeks? Since night one that he came back. Is this a victory lap? I don't know. But I've been telling you that somewhere down the line he's going to pull this out. He's going to pull that title out and he's going to call himself the real world's champion. And we are, we are it. This is it. We have arrived at this point, July 29th, from this point moving forward, the AEW World Championship is disputed. This is significant. So I've been telling you this, but outside of that, outside of me being right again, dry, allowing you, my A-plus audience, listening to this D-list podcast, I have allowed you, I have guided you down the right path once again. <laughs> he pulls out the title, calls himself the real world's champion. He says he's straight edge. And that means since he's straight edge, that means he's better than you because of it. Now, you can just think back at some old WWE promos that he was, that he was cutting. If he starts leaning into the straight edge shit and I'm better than you, that's not babyface material, brother. And then he spray paints the title with an X. He defiles the title with an Like, that's a heel move. That is, he has entered his Hollywood Hogan phase. When Punk hears the booze, what does he do? What does he, he does the, he does the Hogan ear thing. He does it every time. Whenever there's a chorus of boos, he leans into it. This is what he wants. So I'm listening to this. I'm watching it all. He's doing the spray paint. I'm like, there we go. Heal CM Punk. It's right here. But no, people want to talk about, oh, he's being a bitch to the books. Fuck off. <laughs> And then who cares? Because you know, on top of this, you know what this is doing, like officially right now. And again, I've been mentioning it and I've been telling you, this, but this is it. We are officially beginning the build to CM Punk versus MJF. It started to, uh, <coughs> not today, yesterday, excuse me. My allergies have been, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully my allergies haven't been too present in this review because they are knocking me the hell out today. Um, but back to back to what we're talking about. This is it right here. The official start 
of the CM Punk MJF feud happened on Collision yesterday. This is where we're going now. And I don't know why people aren't focused on that instead. No, we gotta we gotta dig for references to the to the to the young bucks. Because this was a great, fantastic heel promo. He still has to lean face right now because Ricky is being a dick right now. So he's gonna he's gonna be the good guy. But honestly, like he, now he's you know, Ricky Starks is challenging the real world champion next week, right? Now between between us all here, do you really think CM Punk is going to win clean next week? Do you think CM Punk? is going to lean clean next week. No, but Warren, he's been telling, you know, Ricky, you should be embarrassed, you know, can you live with the W the way you took it? Who cares? He's going to be a heel. Who cares? I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if CM Punk uses the ropes on a roll-up to get the win over Ricky Starks. Wouldn't be surprised in the least. Now, I'm going to counterbalance everything I said here. I try to be fair. I don't blame people for picking apart a CM Punk promo to try and find some hidden messages because it's CM Punk. And that's, and, because that's just what he does. He speaks in code. Uh, you know, there, there's always meaning in stuff that he says. Like, he rarely says throwaway stuff. Pretty much everything he brings forward, there's a little something to glean. There's a little nugget of truth in the, in the grand promo of things, right? In a, in a business that prays, that, 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 in a business where everything is a lie, there are always nuggets of truth in what CM Punk brings so i don't blame people for scavenging and going through the words and trying to connect with previous things he said i don't blame them for doing that and i don't blame websites for doing that he's he draws traffic hell he's great for business what am i going to sit here and tell you that cm punk returning to AEW? you know i was going to be a detriment to what i do here on my channel no of course not there's not there's not a content there's not there's not a wrestling content creator a wrestling news site a wrestling uh, opinion site there is no one who does wrestling who has not benefited from CM Punk returning to AEW both the first time and the second time that's that would be out anyone who tells you the opposite is egregiously lying now of course outside of sites that just choose not to cover cm punk or not cm punk specifically but AEW or north american wrestling or whatever like of course that's a whole other thing but you put cm punk in that title it's gonna draw some views it's gonna get some people's attention trust me on that so i get it there's a lot there's a lot to, to 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 glean. There's a lot to there, there's a lot of uh, uh, of stuff that you can that that I guess if you dig enough you can pull out, right? So again, I don't blame people for doing that. There's multiple reasons to do that. But what I am trying to say in this 
entire adult conversation that I feel we're having right now, even though it's very one way and you can't really respond unless you respond in the comments below. There is no, there is, uh, you cannot look at this, uh, you cannot look at this, uh, at this, at this promo and be ultimately just fixated on punk taking a jab at the, uh, at the, uh, at the elite and that being your story and that being your only thing because it's, it's not new news. There's nothing new that came out of this. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing, there, there is nothing more that has been added to the, to the ongoing story with that. It's just CM Punk saying a thing. It may or may not be directed at someone or some people. And quite frankly, it probably is directed at someone or some people. But it doesn't add anything. And we shouldn't act surprised that it happened. Because it, it's happened before and it will happen again. And for people who are worried that, you know, oh, it's just, you know, it's... You know, so nothing's been settled, you know, and CM Punk is going to burn it all down to the ground. Hey, listen, I told you this months ago. And despite the fact that, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm talking about all this, make no bones about it. CM Punk burning everything down is not a question of if, it's a question of when. Don't ever forget that. So again, I can understand why people are wary because this might be a boiling point, but it doesn't feel like a boiling point. We've had multiple bigger public boiling points than this. This is CM Punk running his media playbook right now. Playing us all like fiddles. Playing the, playing the fans off like fiddles. Just saying a thing that he knows will get people excited. But yet we're completely missing the point. That this is a great promo. He's entered his Hollywood Hogan phase. He wants to be a heel. And the feud with MJF has officially started. But no one's talking about that. No, we got to talk about a we got to talk about some vague posting bullshit. Anyway. Here we are. Bullet Club Gold. Made up of Austin Gold. Colton Gold. I'm going to call him Gold now. No. The Ass Boys and Juice Robinson they defeat Action Andretti, Darius Martin and El Hijo del Vikingo. Uh, a lot of stuff happened in this match. Spot of the match was Vikingo getting slingshotted by Martin and Andretti, like off their forearms from the second turnbuckle into a moonsault to the floor. That shit was awesome. Great, great precision on that one. Crazy, right? You bring in, you bring in Vikingo, Vikingo, and you have him in a, in a nothing trios match. I guess to build the bullet club, but that's the point, right? The guns uh, finish the match with their finisher 310 to Yuma, right? It's 310 to Yuma, I think. A little disjointed, but fine. Mercedes Martinez defeats Kira Hogan. Good showing by Martinez here, reminding us of how much of a badass she is. Um, Brainbuster and a magic killer off the ropes. Kira tries uh, for one last hope spot. She's getting dominated throughout, but uh, Mercedes. Lands a Saito suplex and locks in the surfboard dragon sleeper for the win. I look, I am an, an admitted Mercedes Martinez fan. I think she's fantastic. I think she is an absolute badass. And I hope this is the start of something more because this is the type of woman 
that should be featured more on AEW for the women's division so that we don't get any more signs like we got last week which said book the women's division better. After the match, Mercedes holds on to the submission. Chris Statlander runs in to save uh, Hogan. And Martinez picks up the TBS title, cracks it over Statlander's head, starts jaw-jacking over the fallen uh, Statlander, saying, I'm coming for your belt. Will Nightingale come, comes out next to make the save for Statlander. And Martinez sort of, sorry, no, we got no issues here. And she talks into the camera the whole way she looked like a million bucks you want it you want it i think i think mercedes martinez looked like a million bucks here more so than at any given moment during her push in AEW. any any time in AEW so far she's looked she looked fantastic right in it here i can't even remember the last time wwe made her look that good so it's only upwards here if she's getting into a program with chris statlander and look what this did as well Maybe setting up a little program between Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. You know, a friendly, respectful program, which is fine, with two very good workers. That's what you need. That's what you want. And then finally, we get the AEW World Tag Team title match where FTR retain their titles against Adam Cole and MJF. Tremendous reactions for MJF and Adam Cole. You can't deny that. This thing is working. And tremendous boos for FTR coming out after. Something which I'm sure Dax Harwood is not used to hearing. And, you know, maybe he didn't care for much. He tried to smile it off. I think Cash lived with it better. But you, you got to acknowledge what's working here. And this story is working. The brochacho story, the... Look, it's all working. It's connecting really well. And I have no issues with it outside of the sports entertaining bullshit. You guys and gals and non-binary pals know this. I've been very clear on the Dynamite reviews, what I like about it. And in case you don't watch the Dynamite reviews, here's the cliff notes. I hate the vignettes and I hate the in-ring the, the in-ring nonsense. I think the, the pre-match promos backstage are, uh, they are great. They work perfectly and they establish much more quickly this bond of friendship that they have outside of doing uh, uh, Chinese food is so spicy things, you know, that which is nonsense and bad. It's not funny. It's not funny. On top of that, these two guys have fantastic charisma in general and great chemistry with each other, clearly. This is working. Like it's working on so many palpable levels right now so if and again they focused everything on the in-ring tonight and i loved it i'm not a guy who demands much out of wrestling it's just keep the shit in focused on wrestling on what happens inside the ring cut promos do interviews i don't need vignettes i don't need unfunny restaurant moments to get me to care. Once these guys are together, I start caring. It's super easy because they're very good at their jobs, because they're very good at what they do. And the trajectory, the plan between them both seems to be clear, seems to be working, but it not just seems to be working, it is working, the thing is over. 
And it, what a tremendous match on top of that. I'm talking about tremendous reactions, tremendous booze. But this match was tremendous. And again, another match where MJF is Ricky Mortoning it up. He gets worked, and then he works a little more snug with old Dax. And you notice that? Have you noticed that they were, you know, they got in the, in the you know, was, everything seemed to have a little more bite. Everything seemed to have a little more, a little oom-pa-pa. You know what I mean? And the double clothesline is super over, right? But the boys can't get it to, can't get it to connect. Cole and Wheeler roll in and out of, uh, of Tombstone attempts. All four guys have tremendous, uh, 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 tremendous exchange uh, towards, I'd say, the second third of the match. It, just, it ends with a, with a really near pinfall and just tremendous stuff. You get a powerplex and a, another great exchange, but this time between MJF and Dax specifically, just great stuff. MJF saves Adam Cole from the Shatter Machine, goes for a heat seeker, but Dax rolls him up for the win. Great stuff. Like, this was a tremendous tag team match. I believe, I could be mistaken, but I believe the last time MJF was pinned was in 2022 against Wardlow at Double or Nothing. I believe. That he was pinned. Not that he lost, but that he was pinned. This match, tremendous. Tremendous. Great stuff. Fantastic TV match. Say what you want about FTR. There's a lot to say you can say about FTR, specifically Dax. But they're big time. And, they're, and they rock. And they are. They are a fantastic tag team. Absolutely top tier, world class tag team. They just get it. And they deliver every time. And Dax, Dax is a really, really, really good pro wrestler. Again, outside of whatever shenanigans he does, Outside the ring on X or whatever, he rocks. And then after the match, of course, there's the story of MJF and Adam Cole, right? Where MJF is, is feeling bad about losing. He's beating himself up. And Cole then hands him the AEW title and says, look, you know, it's on me. It's a, but look, you want to break this up? Here, I'll give you the title. And he turns his back to him and says, here, I'll give you a free shot. You want to end this? Should we end this? We weren't able to do it. Take the shot, Max. Take the shot. Take the shot. MJF winds up, but he can't do it. He hesitates. He prefers not to. They hug. Audience cheers. Friendship wins again. The power of friendship. It's like that My Little Pony show, right? Friendship is power. Wasn't that what it's called? Friendship is magic. <laughs> um, they're still pals. The story continues. There's no, we're not pulling the trigger here. But I'm putting it in context with what happened earlier in the evening with the CM Punk promo on the bits that we should be focusing on. I think... That this is a clear indication that they absolutely want to get CM Punk over as a heel. So they're going to babyface MJF into doing it. I think this is, I think this is the long game here. I think this is what they're doing. Babyface MJF versus heel CM Punk. And MJF is so over as a babyface right now. And he's, we're not, you know. I don't think we speak enough, we talk enough about how great he is at every aspect of being a pro wrestler. Because he, he's doing 
the babyface stuff without effort. You would have never sworn that a few months ago he was the most despised, despicable being in the company. Now he's one of the most loved. We don't talk enough about how MJF is just naturally great at this. Just excellent. And I don't think people point that out enough. How because I think it's I think it's because it's so effortless that people aren't realizing it. But this is just or maybe because they're they're expecting the turn, but who cares at this point? His babyface stuff is has turned him into a convincing babyface because he's just really that fucking good at it. He's good at pro wrestling. He'll flip on a dime. He'll put out a great match. Even though he says that he's not a work rate dude, he can do the work rate shit. He's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. This story continues and I think it leads into CM Punk, MJF, roles reversed with Punk being the heel, MJF being the babyface. I think that I think that's the inevitable outcome here. And if if all this Adam Cole stuff was meant for that, I think it's a brilliant segue. I think it's great stuff. Then, I don't know, turn him heel after. Who cares? We'll see. We'll see after. Because now already, you know, wrestling fans are like, but what happens after you turn him heel? Like, he hasn't done it yet. It's not yet. We're still on this course. And I think this is the trajectory. It's it's becoming clear. I think the fog is thinning. And we're starting to see it. Babyface, heel, MJF, punk. Good episode of Collision. Very good. I would highly suggest you check it out. There's a lot of good stuff on it. Good two hours of TV. Good two hours of pro wrestling. And I would dare say a good review. <laughs> so why don't uh, why don't you leave if you haven't already a like or a uh, subscription or uh, you know uh, reviews and ratings on your uh, on your podcast applications I will be back uh, I will be back on Tuesday for the regular edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes show I will also be continuing my G, my daily G133 uh, climax coverage G1 climax 33 get the words in order Warren uh, which is uh, coming to, uh, well, we're in the final stretch. Only a few nights of action left for each block. So we're getting into the final stretch. Uh, you can catch up if you want to. There's a playlist right here on the channel. The videos and the audio is all available wherever you want. So look, wherever you decide to come join me, I will be happy to have you. I'll see you next time.